Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. That's it. No special supplies or equipment needed. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. You'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. And believe me, I'm a small business owner myself, and there was a lot of waiting, a lot of lines, and a lot of postage, especially early on when I was getting my LLC finalized. And if I had stamps.com on my side, I probably would have saved a lot of time and frustration. So you can cut the confusion out of shipping with stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with stamps.com. There is no risk. That's right, no risk. And with my promo code POD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. Because who doesn't need those? No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD, all capital letters, P-O-D. That's stamps.com, promo code POD. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Mistaken identity. Uh, so today, um, I'm excited to have somebody uh, that I should have known for years. <laughs> uh, but before I get to uh, bringing him on here, um, let me just remind you all that we are still celebrating uh, Christmas, uh, giving away all kind of good stuff. Uh, we gave away about 20 TVs last week, uh, 24 inches to 72 inches. Uh, so make sure you go. Uh, and sign up for all that good stuff. We give away headphones and video cameras, and uh, we got some um, uh, whatever the newest, what is it, the iPad? No, the Apple Home Pods, whatever we're gonna give away. So uh, check all that out. Patreon.com/slash Mistaken Identity Podcast, and just sign your name, and it's that easy. All right, back to the podcast. So I'm excited today because um, um. Someone that I've known at my church, her, her name is Kathy Foster. He sent me a text one day saying, uh, hey, I think um, uh, somebody from uh, Pleasant Grove that you may know worked for the Cubs. And I'm like, uh, who, wow, who could that be? Uh, and she was like, uh, you know, Sister Taylor, who I, by the way, shout out to uh, Sister Glenda Taylor. Uh, she was my, my Sunday school superintendent for years. She's the one that actually got me to speak publicly because I wasn't publicly right. speaking. Right. Uh, so shout out to her. And then Kathy goes, yeah, that, that's her grandson. And my mom is notorious for saying to me, Frank, do you remember so-and-so that you met one time back in 19? I'm like, 
Uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, I got to meet him, uh, and he is here. Uh, we're going to talk today about uh, the Cubs and some other stuff, uh, and that is Jordan Taylor. Jordan, welcome. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, we have been trying for a while to get together. Even at Wrigley Field, we couldn't get together because we do different things, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm sure um, everybody's like, Frank, you should have gotten Jordan on for a long time. Like, I got it. So now yeah. I've made my entire church family happy because yeah. you're here now. So, <laughs> um, so before I even begin, mm-hmm. for those of people that don't know you, because I know you, uh, can you tell people... Uh, actually, where you were born, right? Uh, where, where you're from, which of the city you're from, and then where you moved to where you are now. Okay. So I'm from from Illinois. I was born in Evanston Hospital, but um, I grew up in Skokie, Illinois, and Morton Grove, Illinois, a lot. Um, so it's northern suburbs. So um, and went to Niles North High School, um, go Vikings, and um, went to school in Southern Illinois, Carbondale. So I, I stayed um, somewhat local. And then now I am in uh, Connecticut right now, working for uh, ESPN. Yes, and so we're going to talk all about that. So I want I want to talk a little bit about uh, growing up and uh, uh, church because um, uh, you know I have known um, your grandmother. That's your grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. I've known. Uh, I feel like if I say Glenda, she'll kill me. So I've known mm-hmm. Taylor for <laughs> almost all of my life yeah. um, through uh, Pleasant Grove, and uh, she's so um, faithful and supportive. So I'm sure that passed on uh, to you and your family. So tell me a little bit about growing up uh, in the Taylor household. And uh, I'm dying to know what it was like to grow up with somebody as great as Sister Linda Taylor. Always, I, I call her granny. So if I slip up and call her granny, that, <laughs> that, that's who Sister Taylor is. Um, no, uh, um, uh, my grandparents um, were always in my life, still always are. And they were, um, they actually, they lived across the street from me for, a majority of my childhood so I was always over there um every weekend if, if I can go across the street I was going over there I was riding my bike uh all over there and my grandparents um my grandmother in particular has always been always been um someone I call uh my grandfather always someone I call uh um still you know still do now and and growing up um in the Taylor household was was, was fun I had fun I had uh, great parents that like my my father's parents are are um as what we're talking about, and um, and and they raised a a a great man, and, and who raised me, um, and who I still turn to, uh, as well as my, as well as my grandparents, and and we were a church family. We, we believe in God, and we we um we uh we were church church goers every Sunday, just you know as you know, um, even as a kid, and, and I went up until I I moved here, and 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 that's that's the what I grew up with, and that's what I still hold hold deeply to me is is how my my parents father um you know made sure we knew who god was and made sure that we understood um what he does for us and who who he is in our lives and how he he leads our lives and and i still hold hold all of those beliefs still today now i believe you go to pastor hannah's church yes yes new life covenant southeast yeah and they just got a big something and they just get now they just opened up their um brand new um facility we call the temple and uh on the south side of chicago and and uh, it's been it was that was beautiful to see. I was able to go back home for their um, their celebration uh, back in the beginning of October, and it was a really really nice thing to see. Having having gone to that church for almost eleven years, twelve years now, and uh, that was a really nice thing to see coming up in that church. So one of the things that I think they may have in common, uh, other than being young and black, is that mm-hmm. 
um, the talents that we um, have, we use those talents um, at our churches. So yeah. then, uh, now you're obviously we're going to talk about ESPN and camera for the Cubs. But before all that, did you you did some work with the cameras and events at your church, right? That's actually yeah, where I got a lot of my experience. Majority up from about 12 years old till I went till I went off to college um, at 18, and church was was where the the experience came from. Church is where I learned television, uh, live television, how to break down, set up cameras, run control rooms, direct, you know to be a technical director, all those technical functions of, of making television. That's where I learned was in the church. So I was there every Sunday if I could be. Um, it was very rarely, you know, that I wasn't there and working all day on a volunteer basis, just learning how 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 to put on a broadcast live uh, over the internet. And that's what, that's what really drew me to go to school and study television. So let me back up real quick. So when you got your first, what, where did this love for cameras come from? Like it was honestly just doing doing them. Just I was always playing with them as a kid. Uh, and then my parents told me, like my dad, you know, have that that video camera around. I would always play with it. Always interested in TV, but never really having an understanding of what the business did until I joined um, New Life Covenant and joined the TV ministry and actually were working with with um, professionals who do it, who you know, who do it outside of church. And that just really that's I found out I was good at it. I got really good at it and and made it a made it something I really enjoyed doing. So tell me how you came to the Cubs. Uh, the Cubs was my first job right out of college, actually. I um, saw a job posting for a camera operating position online and applied instantly. It wasn't what I was going for, but it was around the ballpark. Um, no pun intended. It was around the ballpark of what I was looking for. And and they um, they were very pleased with, with the experience I had prior to, to graduating school. Um, which was was a lot of camera work, and I learned a lot in school as well how to how to shoot sports. So that day they told me um, they get back, you know, the normal we'll get back to you. But I actually got a call back that day offering me the position to um, to freelance for the Cubs. Now the first day I met you, um, uh, we, were, we were playing phone tag and texting, and you were up yeah. in the upper deck, and I found you, and you were at the Cubs game wearing a Bulls jacket. Um, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, but so tell me. Um, what was your first year like with the Cubs? Uh, it was cool, actually. That was my first major team, um, working for my first major team. I'd done a lot of college, um, but that, it was it was a cool experience. The crowd, always a, a fun time. Um, and just working for a professional organization um, like, the, like the Chicago Cubs was very, was very cool. It was, it was a very nice way to introduce myself to the freelance world, um, working with some of the guys who, who've been working for the Cubs for years or um you know just and just learning how to operate in a in the professional world and the club being a professional team that was a cool first experience coming into the business outside of school now a lot of folks think that because we're working for the clubs we probably know what each other does see each other all the time and that's so far from the truth there's like thousands of people there and thousands right. of departments so um help me understand what a i know what a typical day is like for us on the security side but uh, give me a typical day from starting to close. What was a typical day at Wrigley Field for you? Typical day was arriving. I think we'd get there three to four hours, probably three hours before before um, first pitch. Uh, we would have a meeting uh, with with the crew. What what's up for today? Anything special? Any guests? Anything between innings? Um, 
we'd fax out our cameras, meaning we'd go to everybody would go to their cameras, check them, make sure we could see here, you know, all the functions are working. And then it was really, it was like, sit down until pregame, basically, you know, go have your lunch and, and, or, or your dinner and, you know, be, just be prepared to be on camera for your pregame, do, do all the, the pregame um, activities, the anthem, um, game ball, anybody we're recognizing, we were prepared for that, for the in-house, um, for the in-house audience, anybody who comes to the game to see on the big boards. And then we'd go through a game and, and just as, as TV is on, we're on shooting the game um, for, again, for in-house purposes, um, for those who can't see TV. And, and it was, it could be long, you know, baseball games can be, they can go four hours, they can go seven, whatever the case. So you really had to like buckle in and hopefully it was a nice, easy nine inning game. Um, obviously never, never the case really. Uh, and then by that time the game ends after that last pitch, we do a couple, couple end game things and then we pack up and we set it all aside for the next time. So one ball game is how many camera men or women? Um, it could be upwards of six in terms of, if I was going with, with in-house, it, it, I think it was, there were five cameras with the obsession with the exception of, of the TV cameras, we would also be able to see. Um, so in terms of a lot, there'd be a lot of cameramen inside, inside of a, of a baseball, um, of a baseball park trying to shoot this game, um, from all angles, especially as you get closer to playoffs, the camera angles increase, the team increases, production increases. Uh, um, but it could be, it, it could be up. It, I can't even give you a number because it, it can change at any point um, based on the type of broadcast, based on what, what the needs are. But for a typical in-house broadcast, I think it was five cameras um, and a full team in the control room, uh, and, you know, working alongside the TV broadcast as well, doing our own thing in the break and, and you know, interacting with the crowd. Um, and, and, and yeah, it, it, it could be a full team of, of, of upwards of like 20, 25 people to, to 50. You know, you never know. Now, did you only do games or did you do concerts or got a go events? Concerts too. That was, that was a fun outside of the gates of Wrigley. I did concerts as well uh, and, and private events, um, stuff they held inside Wrigley, outside of game days, uh, which was pretty cool. So what's the difference between, film, I know, besides the obvious, between filming a concert and a game, besides the obvious, like from, from your perspective, what's the difference? The creativity. I was, the concert music gives you all the creativity you can, you can look for because music is all about creativity. And then a game, the game is the director of the show. You're following game action. You're not creating it. Um, so the, the complete difference is what, what a game does versus you know, a concert, they're singing, playing instruments. That's not going to change. Baseball game can change in a slide of one hit. So, you think you can dance? Join the Community Sports Fans Dance Troupe and learn the baseball fan dance. Don't miss your chance to dance in the CSF official music video. All baseball fans are welcome. Please visit communitysportsfans.com for further details. Club 400 Ballpark Lager is a beer for all nine innings. 
take me out to the ball game. This crisp, easy-drinking lager is perfect for a summer day amongst the bricks and ivy. Crafted at Crystal Lake Brewing, this beer is clean and refreshing with minimal bitterness so that you can celebrate a W in style. From Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cub fans, this baseball brew can be found at most places that sell beer in Northwest Illinois or from Crystal Lake Brewing. Beer master Ryan Clooney. Enjoy a beer or six-pack today, and please remember to drink responsibly. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly one million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. That's it. No special supplies or equipment needed. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. You'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. And believe me, I'm a small business owner myself, and there was a lot of waiting, a lot of lines, and a lot of postage, especially early on when I was getting my LLC finalized. And if I had stamps.com on my side, I probably would have saved a lot of time and frustration. So you can cut the confusion out of shipping with stamps.com's new rate advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with stamps.com. There is no risk. That's right, no risk. And with my promo code POD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. Because who doesn't need those? No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD, all capital letters, P-O-D. That's stamps.com, promo code POD. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Okay. Now, I'm always curious as to what's being said in those headphones you all work with. There's, there's like eight cameramen, I'm sure that the director, somebody saying, hey, I got somebody in the crowd here. Like, how did, What's going on on the headphones that we don't hear? A lot. A lot. <laughs> it could be a lot, and then it could be a little. It, um, if I'm going off TV, it can just be, usually we're just watching the game, and then when something happens, we are reacting to, to um, a play, to if uh, balls hit, director that went once balls in place really when when a lot of things happen in, in those headsets directors calling different shots um cameramen already have their assignments and understand what needs to happen um but the director is there to to direct the show and call call these shots as they're happening who's running where's the ball who caught it who's our hero is it the batter is it is it the outfielder um and it's just it's a lot of communication basically uh that happens and then once they've dies down kind of slows you know slows down the game slows down um but most but the the chatter is calling shots calling for replays calling for um um you know reactions where's where where are the managers are they reacting where's the ump who made the call it's just really we're telling the story so we're listening to our announcers we're watching the game how do we best illustrate that story to people who are not here and that's what the communication is 
So the one TV question that I do get every day is, how do I get on TV? So what is the tip for fans that want to actually be on the screen or the jumbo board? How, what's the tip? I can honestly say working with, with fans, um, no, I'm not working there. One of my biggest pet peeves were the annoying drunk ones, the, the ones that were kind of touching me. So those are the ones that I, I can probably vouch for other people who say that, you know, you don't, we don't typically get them because we want the authentic, we want the, unless we're trying to set something up. But if you're out there, you know, being obnoxious and, and you know, just overdoing, overdoing, I've gotten calls that weren't, I would say appropriate or, you know, or, um, and, you know, being touched or, or whatever, that's just not, you know, we're there working and, and we know we see you. I can definitely say that we see you. So, so um, I would just say, just be, just be, have fun and, and don't try to, to over, oversell yourself, I guess. Signs are really big, are huge at Wrigley Field. Signs, nice signs, good signs. Um, and kids, I was a big fan of kids because, you know, they're not the ones bugging you. They're trying to have a good time, um, you know, understanding the game of baseball. So kids were, were a big go-to for me in signs. And there's, and there's a rule that if a fan is uh, either breaking the law by running on the field or whatever, you all don't show it, right? Correct. We, we will film it ourselves just for reference, evidence, whatever the case. Um, but we, I, that's something we, as at least in-house, we would not show fans because, you know, you want to show Wrigley in their best light, want to show your team in their best light at all times. Um, so, yeah, that, that's not something that, that fans would see on the Jumbotron. So what happens if, you, if you're filming somebody and they don't and they put the middle finger up or they raise their shirt? Like what, what happens that's, something bad that's happens? That's the unfortunate thing about audiences and, and, and why you stray away from the ones that might look like they do something the drunk you know if you can tell but it's just hopefully we the the um director technical director are fast enough to just go to the next thing it's 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 live you know we can there's no editing camera do it so you just got to move on as fast as you can so how do we go from the cubs to espn very quick but i'd say a lot of hard work journey um a lot of work just moving on the cubs were just my first in a line of probably like five freelance jobs i did around chicago and just working in television all around. And then ESPN actually um, emailed me a recruiter, messaged me and said there was a job that that what I was previously doing kind of fit what they were looking for. And really that that was that was the start of, of coming to ESPN. Um, that was back in September, 2019. I started here in January, 2020. All right, and so a lot of us are familiar with uh, ESPN and Sports mm-hmm. Center. So what are some things you have um, uh, done behind the camera for ESPN? places you've gone, things you've seen, people you've met? Just a, a, lot, a lot of studio shows. Man. This, coming to ESPN was, was, I wouldn't say the goal because it wasn't on my mind, but in terms of the execution and the level of, of excellency that they strive to be in the worldwide, being the worldwide leaders, that was that was what I was looking for when I came here. So I've just been doing a lot of the, like I said, Sports Center, a lot of the um, higher end shows, NFL Live, probably done at least one, uh, most shows here in our headquarters here in Connecticut. And, and it's been a really fun run, just everything I've learned coming together in, the, in, this, in this one job and, and working in studio was really fun to do because I, I had all these skills coming in and it was just building and building and building on top of them to, um, to be better, to be a better camera operator, better, better um, production um, operator at all, you know, around the board. So now I understand from just following you, and you probably don't think I follow you, but I do. Uh, you've got to ESPN and then you've got some, you've had several positions since you first started, yeah. right? Yeah. So I started, um, started out just doing regular on camera, the camera that sits on sticks or a tripod. 
and and um quickly moved on to to expressing my my want to do other things like like a jib camera which is the camera that swings on the arm or like you sometimes overhead you see that concert um and that was you know a different level of skill but i had it previously um from my previous uh, experiences so it, um i cleared in in different areas like that um and i was an audio uh, assistant i cleared in that area as well so a lot of um a lot of positions that i've done before i was able to come here and show them that i'm capable of doing them and just adding on to the production value and selling myself when it was time to move forward. So it only makes sense that somebody who's good at recording stuff and cameras has probably the best TikTok page in the history of America because I mean that's what they do. So yeah. um, that's you're probably on TikTok and doing. I know you are. I want the audience to hear this though. But go ahead. I don't post that much on TikTok. Actually, I use recently started using TikTok to make videos, but not to promote them on TikTok. I use I more so post them on my other socials. Um, so not, I think I'm late on the TikTok, you know, the viralness, but um, I do use, yeah, I use TikTok to make a lot of videos and, and um, being a camera operator, yeah, I, I am, I do take a lot of, a lot more thought into the videos that I take on my phone and a lot more, a lot more thinking process into my editing just because of the experience I have. And I'd like to say they're pretty, they're pretty good for, for um, you know, using a phone, but um, a lot of people are, phones, I, I always preach phones are, are like movie cameras now, especially in this day and age. Um, they, they allow you to do a lot. So I definitely take advantage of it. Yes, you did a series about, well, I'm not sure if it's a series, but about, it's the day in the life, I guess, of your, uh, when you start and when you leave, what goes on the HP and behind the scenes. And I thought it was awesome. I'm going to link that here actually so people can see it. But so what made you want to do that? Um, Really just to tell, so I've always, which really why the reason why I got this, um, got the job at ESPN because I was posting my work on socials. So I really never went away posting, um, just what I do because I know a lot of people are interested in it, uh, especially people who don't work in the business, but always, you know, they're intrigued by what it takes to put put on a television show or some or a production. And and so I've always I'm always thinking and you know in the TV mind. So I've always had my phone out, you know, just to record some things. So I thought, hey, why not record what I do and, and bring people closer, especially again watching TikToks. They're they're you know a lot more personable. They're not um, just just you know just a way to tell a story that you can't do in writing. Okay, so you moved from Chicago to uh, Connecticut, which I could never do because I miss rib tips and pizza puffs too much. But um, yeah. what are some things that you miss about Chicago? You just said it, food, food, <laughs> the food. And it's, it's the, the pace, the pace in Chicago is faster. Um, even, you know, the northern suburbs where I'm from, it's just faster, there's more, more to do. And it's just, and, and I'm, I'm only less than two years here, so I'm still uh, exploring and, and, and finding places, but it just seems slower to me. There's just the atmosphere, the, the vibe, you know. So I definitely I miss the vibrance of the city going downtown, seeing that, um, being able to do a you know, million things in the city. I uh, just don't get that here in CT, although New York, Boston, those are two hours away, respectively. Um, so I get that, that there, but there's nothing like the city of Chicago. Uh, so obviously at, at Wrigley Field, uh, this next question makes sense and it stands out uh, because uh, uh, not that many minorities are um, mm -hmm. doing certain things uh, mm -hmm. there. So in this field in general, I'm just curious, um, uh, what would you say the minority representation is in your field? Um, is it high? Is it? I wouldn't say it was high. I, it definitely could use some work for sure. Um, 
I can tell you in the environments I've always been in, actually at the um, at the Cubs, I was probably the only black guy in the room of probably 20 people in there at one time. Most mostly every day was kind of like that. Um, I was the only yeah, I was probably the only minority as well in the, in the room too, not even just being black. So that that was always something I, um, you know, I noticed and I've seen. And definitely the representation isn't as strong as we would like it to be. And I can say that that's uh, that's all around the board, whether you're here or somewhere else, um, the representation could be stronger. All right, so my uh, second to last question is, uh, what famous people have you met or are you are, are you fans of now that you, that you recorded them? Um, so I had a moment with LeBron, that was cool. Um, did like a post-game interview with him when I was doing, I did a Bulls game. Uh, that was cool. Um, I would say, I would honestly say that that's probably like the most notable one. Um, the experience, I have, I have a picture of it. Um, that's probably the most notable one was that uh, being able to film his walk-in and then his post-game interview, unfortunately, after beating the Bulls. But, uh, this was back in 2019 um, when he first joined Lakers. Uh, who else? I feel like I'm missing something, but but I, LeBron is the one that comes to mind that I have a, a real memory of, of doing. Other than that, I don't, a lot of people ask about the Starstruck. I don't get that way just because of, of one of, I've been doing this a long time. So the, 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 the notion of having to do the job first, think about what's happening, you know, after is, is always the, the first, you know, thought because I have a job to do. Um, so uh, it's never, never like, a, oh my, you know, oh my God, there he is. But I, that, that could be happening in my head, but I'm laser focusing on the job. All right, so I want to end this back uh, how I started it, and that's about food because, uh, again, uh, I went to church with your grandmother, and Thanksgiving is coming up, and I know what kind of food we had at Pleasant Grove. So I'm just curious as to uh, what your plans are for Thanksgiving and what you're looking forward to eating uh, because I know you all eat good. So I um, I won't be home this this holiday, so that there's the unfortunate, but I'll, I'll be working. I have a um, show to do here um, all week. So um, doing a Friendsgiving as... as um, as I see a lot of people doing these um, these days now, just uh, friends that friends I've had here, friends I met here, I'm gonna get together. So that that's the that's the plan. But I just hope to eat good food. I since leaving home, I don't eat my mother's cooking now. Like my grandma, um, the potato salad which she makes every year. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I will miss my mother's um, cooking. My and my uh, my uh, grandma. Um, they they always throw down every year, so I will I will miss that. So I just look forward to eating good home cooked food, um, and fellowshipping with with family and friends. All right, well Jordan, it was glad to finally be able to get this. People had crazy schedules, couldn't get yeah. it done. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that you're doing uh, big things. Again, you don't notice it, but I follow everything you do. I'm excited to um, always see it, and uh, I wish nothing but the best for you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, and thank you all for watching Mistake Identity, and we'll catch you all on the next episode. Hey, everybody, Joe Flaherty here with the Mistaken Identity Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We want to thank you for your continued support. We also want to extend a heartfelt thank you to those of you who have written reviews, dropped some likes, and shared our shows, as that has allowed us to grow beyond any of our expectations. As a matter of fact, we're excited to announce a new way for our loyal listeners to enhance their experience even more with our new membership feature. 
All you have to do is jump in the show notes and follow the link to our Patreon page where you can find access to a whole bunch of extra goodies for as little as $3 a month. You'll be given access to exclusive content, merchandise, behind-the-scenes video, early access to episodes, the ability to make special requests for guests, and much, much more. Now, if that sounds like something that interests you, head on over to Patreon and search Mistaken Identity Podcast, or simply follow the link in our show notes to join the likes of Nancy Sullivan, Alice Daniels, and Kathy Chester at the rookie level, all the way on up to the Hall of Fame level with longtime listeners Kathy Weedley and Kathy Grossman. As always, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.